It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, back at it again, talking Carolina Panthers, which I do every weekday. Now, that's going to come to a change here soon, starting next month in June. You could already be listening to this podcast right now in June, but it's obviously being recorded in May and coming out on May 28th, but next month in June. We are going to be heading into off-season mode here on Locked On Panthers, where I will only have three podcasts a week. Now, if any news breaks, and I wasn't planning on a podcast today, we're typically going to do the whole Monday, Wednesday, Friday deal. That's what I want to do through June. I'm not quite sure whether July is the same case. With training camp starting July 27th, it might be. But expect the podcast Monday. Wednesday and Friday. I do have a bit of travel going on with my day job with NASCAR this month and with personal stuff throughout the summer months in June and July. So there might be times where you might get a podcast on Tuesday instead of getting one on Wednesday, but you will be getting three podcasts every week, at least here on Locked on Panthers through June and maybe through July as well, which is why it's super important for you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, to follow the podcast on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on the Odyssey app. That will help you find it. I will tweet out from time to time whether I have a show or not, but the best way for you to find Locked On Panthers throughout the summer months, when you're traveling, when I'm traveling, whatever is going on in life, is to subscribe to the show. So please go and do that right now for me so you don't miss out on a single episode I'm putting out throughout the summer. As we'll continue to talk OTAs, we'll be mandatory minicamp, and we'll talk about all the things leading up to the 2021 season and training camp starting down in Spartanburg, South Carolina at Wofford College once again. So very excited to still be doing this with you guys, but going to be taking a little bit of time to step away a little bit as there's less things going on for the Carolina Panthers and the NFL right now. If you want to hear more about the National Football League, please listen in to the Peacock and Williamson Show. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe where you get your podcasts from. Now, you'll also be wondering, will the 
mailbag on Fridays continue throughout the offseason? Yes, every Friday. Still expect to have your questions on the Carolina Panthers answered, which was what we're going to be doing today. But first, I need to talk about the awesome content that the Carolina Panthers social media team dropped once again. Like these guys and girls, they are, I mean, men and women, they are awesome at what they do. They have Panthers Confidential come out on Thursday, and it was an inside look at the offseason, the draft, what happened on the first round, the second round, or I guess day one, day two, and day three, bringing in Sam Darnold, the signings of Morgan Fox and Hassan Reddick and Denzel Perryman. It was an awesome inside look at the Carolina Panthers, and there are not many organizations out there, if any, that will allow the kind of access that they allowed, being in Scott Fitterer's house. Being in the home of J.C. Horn on draft night, being um, at Robbie Anderson's home down in Miami, Florida, and having a FaceTime with DJ Moore, you don't see that access from a lot of NFL teams. And the Carolina Panthers have done a phenomenal job of giving their fan base an opportunity to get an inside look at how things go on. And I think that has a lot to do with David Tepper as the Panthers owner, who you saw in this documentary series, whatever you want to call it, was a very active participant on draft night and through the entire process of what goes on with Scott Fitterer, with Pat Stewart, Matt Allen, um, of course, Matt Rule, and everyone who works for that Panthers organization on the football side. He is an active, and I say that in all caps, participant here with the Carolina Panthers, a team that he did pay, what, $2.25 billion liquid for, and he's watched three Pretty tough seasons, but I think there were brighter days on the horizon starting here in 2021 for the Carolina Panthers. I just thought it was awesome content. This is the same owner that when he first got the team, he said, yeah, Amazon, come on in. All or nothing series. It's why I've advocated for the Carolina Panthers to be on hard knocks, not just because of Tepper's willingness, but the inside storylines that you have rule in year two. Joe Brady, of course, year two as an OC, one of the hot coaching candidates coming up here in this next head coaching cycle after the 2021 season. Sam Darnold taking over, Christian McCaffrey coming back healthy, the league finally getting to know about DJ Moore and Brian Burns on a deeper level. The Panthers should be all over that, and I don't understand why HBO wouldn't want them. Now, a few takeaways outside of just how awesome the Panthers' social team is and their digital team and everything that they do over there on that side to inform you and entertain you and David Tepper, of course, being an active participant, we got to see very early on in the video as they were trying to figure out what to do at the number eight pick that the Minnesota Vikings did call about trading up, but they were not willing to give up a first rounder in the 2022 draft. Carolina Panthers had also talked to the Denver Broncos, something that we spoke about here on the podcast, and I said was my personal favorite potential trade back for the Panthers just to move back one spot and to get future compensation from Denver. Maybe it'd be a first-rounder in 2022 or whatever it is, extra picks in a 2021 draft, something that obviously Scott Fitter and Matt Rule wanted to do, and it had been reported that the Panthers wanted to add more picks and something that they absolutely did do, as we saw there on night two, where they traded back, eventually got Terrace Marshall, Tommy Trimble, then traded back up to get Brady Christensen out of BYU. There was also conversations with the Giants and Eagles and Patriots and Raiders. And at a point in time, the Kansas City Chiefs, who were out of the running for a trade-up after they traded to bring in Orlando Brown Jr. from the Baltimore Ravens to be their future left tackle and the protector of Patrick Mahomes' blindside. I had not heard those names 
We had heard the Patriots, had not heard the Raiders or the Eagles or the Giants. So some insight there. As far as how the board broke down, we spent a month after Sam Darnold was traded to Carolina from New York discussing whether it made sense for the Panthers to take a quarterback at eight. And I sat here and I told you it did not make any sense to me because if the Carolina Panthers liked one of the quarterbacks who they thought would be available and they broke it down where they thought Jacksonville was going to take Trevor Lawrence and number two was going to be New York taking Zach Wilson and at three, Mac Jones was a lot of the talk there, but also there were some reports that came out that Trey Lance, so it maybe Jones or Lance, and then maybe Justin Fields could drop to them. They did not have any discussions from what we saw in video of taking a quarterback at eight. They were on board of having Penesul, J.C. Horn, then Patrick Sertan, Jalen Waddell, and Devontae Smith. Those were their five guys that they were looking at at number eight, depending on how the board broke for them. So again, Sewell number one, Horn number two, Sertan number three, Waddle number four, Devontae Smith number five. As we know... Jalen Waddle did not even make it to the Carolina Panthers. He was drafted by the Miami Dolphins. Panay Sewell was drafted seventh overall, breaking my heart because the Carolina Panthers were going to take him. And Matt Rule said, obviously, we need him. We need a lineman. And that was a lineman that could have been the blind side for the Carolina Panthers for the foreseeable future. They still don't have that. And it's okay. I'll be okay. They got the guy that they wanted, J.C. Horn. Didn't seem like they had any good offers that would make them move off of Horn, which... Matt Rule and Scott Federer said as much of on draft night when they had their press conference right after drafting J.C. Horn that they just did not have anybody out there that they were willing to go trade back with, and they did not want to lose the opportunity to bring J.C. Horn. It was really cool to see him in his family's living room, but also having a special moment with his mom on FaceTime, just talking about how he made it to the league and getting emotional there in Bank of America Stadium. It's a really cool, cool scene, and also him laughing at his dad, Joe Horn, who played for New Orleans Saints wearing Carolina Panthers gear. But, hey, blood, man, you, you got to support your son. That was really cool. But no discussion of quarterback at eight was interesting to see, especially after all the wasted time that we had on this podcast discussing whether they should do it. And I was never on board with it. But then I was being yelled at on social media saying, you got to do it. You got to do it. Got to get fields. Well, they weren't interested, which they made very clear to you back when they traded for Sam Darnold. But as I said before, y'all just didn't want to listen. Now, Brady Christensen, this was something I took away as well. The Panthers had him graded as a third-round tackle, which, of course, he did go in the third round, and a second-round guard. They were also concerned that the Cincinnati Bengals might take him if he didn't. If they didn't, which they did not, they were going to trade a six-rounder to Philadelphia to get back in there and trade up for Brady Christensen, which was their lone trade-up of the draft, and they indeed got him. So the question of whether he could play left tackle, Matt Rule's already said in recent weeks that he has four position flexibility, which would be right tackle, right guard, left tackle, left guard. Of course, there's already a right tackle in Taylor Moulton. I would imagine right guard is going to be John Miller. Left guard, I'm just going to pencil in Pat Elfline just because of the money they gave him. And right now, left tackle, I'm going to pencil in Trent Scott. And there's five different options on there, including Scott and, of course, Brady Christensen. Just hearing that third-round tackle, second-round guard, it makes me believe that the Carolina Panthers are, in all likelihood, going to play Christensen at guard this season and probably in the future. They might be, again, next year, depending on how things shake out and what their depth chart is, trying to identify 
a left tackle, which is frustrating in itself. But as I've said, this team cares far more about positional flexibility and having a master of none than they do in having just a stud who can play one singular position. So that's why Brady Christensen is here with the Carolina Panthers. But of course, if Panesu would have been there, that's who they would have drafted. But unfortunately, the Detroit Lions had other plans in mind. Okay, so those are my takeaways from Panthers Confidential. Maybe they'll have another episode. I'm not really sure how they're going to do it. I think it's awesome content, and it's better to have this than what they had last year where they had the uh, Cam Newton drama sponsored by Honeywell. Great job by all the folks over there at Panthers.com and part of the social team and really the whole organization. You really got to see the process, too, um, with Scott Fitter here, with Matt Rule, and the whole brain trust of the Carolina Panthers. It makes you feel a lot confident, a lot more confident, rather, than you have in the past when we had Marty Herney here and Dave Gettleman. The Panthers seem to finally have a big boy front office, which we saw play out with 11 draft picks, four different trades, and really maneuvering the board to the point where they went away with some of the guys that they really loved in this draft through the entirety, from the first round to the seventh round. All right, quick pause. Then on the other side, it is that time again, the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers, while I'll answer all of your questions about the Carolina Panthers. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Back at it. Let's do it. Uh, Friday mailbag. Again, tweet at me, Julian Council. DM me, at me, whatever, to get in your questions every Friday for the Panthers weekly mailbag that we're going to be doing. Again, like I told you, we're only going to start doing episodes starting in June, typically on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I will say this right now, on Memorial Day on Monday, we will not have an episode. We will have an episode on Tuesday, then Wednesday, and then probably on Friday as well. So that's how we're probably going to break it down for that first week of June. I will let you know. That's why you need to follow me on Twitter as well. So I can give you these kind of updates as things will be pretty fluid with what I have going on personally with my job and travel. I'm going to try and make sure I give you guys a pretty distinct schedule. Which again is why I told you to subscribe to the show. So you get the podcast on your phone downloaded every morning. Things should be up there by like 6 a.m. every morning. Or I, mean, I, I post it to be ready for at 3 a.m. But depending on how long it takes, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, like it's going to be up there when you wake up in the morning. Or if you're late night, night shift, graveyard shift, you're going to have it right there when you're up at night. So make sure to tweet at me, follow me, and also subscribe to the podcast so you can get all of the content that you need here on Locked on Panthers through the summer months. All right, let's start off with Caleb. 
Caleb, who's been starting to listen to the podcast recently, really nice message. He said, been a Panthers fan since the early 2000s. Got to say, this is probably the worst safety room outside of Chin that we've ever had. With that being said, do you think they'll add anybody? Looked the, looked at the remaining NFL free agents and not seeing too many names that would actually help out. Do you think they'll add any other names to that room? Justin Burris just doesn't impress me with what I've seen from him so far. And this is something that I've spoken about before with the Carolina Panthers and the safety depth. And I'm just not in favor or really in love with what they have right now on the roster. Now, Jeremy Chen, I'm very interested to see how he plays at safety moving back there this year after they got rid of Trey Boston to allow him to be a starter at safety. Uh, Justin Burris, I brought up really the only moment that sticks out to me last year was what he did in Atlanta, kind of preserving that game as the Falcons looked like they were going to get on a run there at the end and potentially steal that from Carolina. Now, the Panthers have added someone recently from Seattle. They brought in Delano Hill, um, who played in 42 games with the Seahawks starting six. He was injured last season, only played two games. But Scott Fitterer knows him. This is another Seattle guy he's brought in. He's got veteran presence at least. I don't know if he's going to start, but I feel a lot better about him being a backup than I do about Sam Franklin, an undrafted free agent kind of guy, and Kenny Robinson, who was drafted in the fifth round in 2020 after really not playing a ton of football, having a little short stint in the AAF, and he had his troubles at West Virginia, and then didn't even make the initial 53-man roster, was off and on on the practice squad, an active roster last fall. It's not a exciting group at safety if we're being honest outside of Jeremy Chin and I'm not really I'm not trying to disrespect any of these guys it's just you look at the safeties with the Carolina Panthers and you're not in love with it especially after what they've done at corner which has been an issue for pretty for a while outside of guys like James Bradbury pretty much um who's now gone the Panthers didn't want to keep you now have Dante of course you bring in JC Horn A.J. Boye, who Matt Rule had some nice things to say about him the other day following uh, OTA. I'm a fan of the cornerback room. And you also bring in a Keith Taylor, who has some size, which is the prototype of what they had out there in Seattle. Coincidentally, he played for the University of Washington out there in Seattle. Also, Rashawn Melvin, who's been on a, a ton of teams, but he's a veteran, and he has the size that you're looking for. So I like the depth at the cornerback room, but at safety... I'm not in love with the depth. And I don't know who they could bring in. Because at this point in time, you typically aren't going to find a lot of great options. And how was the issue last year at corner? One of their key players, Rasul Douglas, who I believe is not even signed to a team currently, he was brought in off of waivers after cutdown. Maybe you have to wait until then to see who might be available. But currently, anyone that's really a top-notch safety it's we haven't got once you get to June first though we haven't gotten to June first anyone who is one of those top notch safeties typically is not on the market right now so that's what I'll say to you Caleb when looking for a safety it's gonna be uh, somewhat of an issue for the Carolina Panthers if they don't find somebody uh, soon all right Eric he asked me what veterans and rookies do you think has the highest highest ceiling or could have the largest improvement from last year to this upcoming season? Huh, veterans. Well, I mean, obviously Christian McCaffrey, if he's healthy, that's that's an improvement. No, not Christian. Huh. Well, veterans or rookies. DJ Moore, I don't know how much better he can get. 
Hmm. Interesting question. Because I was, I'm thinking, let's see. Well, Sam Darnold, you really hope. He wasn't here last year. I don't I don't know how his ceiling is, honestly, when you look at him. Hmm. I'm going to say Gross Matos. He, he's like, I guess you're talking about, we're talking about like rookies from last year. I think Gross Matos, certainly, if he's healthy, he presents the Carolina Panthers a young, explosive edge rusher opposite of Brian Burns. And, of course, you bring in Hassan Reddick. That's who I'd be looking for on defense. Um, I think Jermaine Carter Jr. can offer a lot also defensively. There's just not a ton of guys in this roster. I just see who's going to make that match. Like, Brian Burns, like, yes, he can get better. But he's almost kind of reached. He hasn't eclipsed. He obviously has not gotten to his ceiling yet. He could be that guy year three where you make that huge leap. So I'll say Brian Burns as well, who makes that massive leap and becomes one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL that everyone in the league is like, yeah, that dude, when we have the whole NFL top 100 next year, he's going to be in that, on that list. People talking about, yeah, Brian Burns, 100%, one of the best young pass rushers, but not just one of the best young pass rushers in the league, like one of the top pass rushers in the league. So I, def- I would say him. Um, and, God, offensive line, it's very hard. I don't really – Taylor Mudd could become an all-pro. He hasn't been that yet. So that's certainly possible. There are plenty of guys who could get better. I just don't know how high the ceilings are for some of the players. Dante Jackson. I'll say him, too. That's who you want to see the largest improvement from. His rookie year wasn't very coachable, whether it was guys like Patrick, uh, Captain Mullen, rather. I don't know why he said Patrick, but Captain Mullen trying to talk to him. Or if it was uh, the coaching staff, he was not coachable, and he came across looking awful and all or nothing. Um, he did have some decent plays that year, a couple interceptions. Last year, with the turf toe, it was tough. Now, year four, rookie, you got a contract coming up here in the offseason, hopefully here in Carolina or elsewhere. It's time to go ball out, man. It's time. He said he's a dog. Let's see it. So that's one of the guys I'd also say that we need to see uh, improve this year, or at least has one of the highest ceilings to improve this upcoming season. All right, take a quick pause, and I will answer more of your questions on the other side. I've been telling you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk about Built Bar, you definitely talk about how awesome these flavors are. And anyone who's obsessed with Built Bar cannot stop talking about coconut. And coconut almond, and cherry, and raspberry, and mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. They're nine staple flavors that they have right now that are all 100% covered in chocolate, and soft, and easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. There's something for everyone. And Built Bars are great, because not only are they covered 100% chocolate, and soft, and easy to chew, and delicious, of course, they're also healthy for you. Most flavors of Built Bars contain 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, back to your questions. Tyler asked me, should we take a look at Morgan Moses at left tackle? I know he's been a right tackle his whole time in the NFL with Washington. Slid the left tackle a few times when there were injuries, but he did play left tackle in college at UVA. 
would he be better than the options we have now? And I'll continue to say, absolutely, the Panthers should continue to look at all options that they have out there. I just believe at this point in time, the potential left tackle candidates of Cam Irving, who they just signed, and believe could also play guard, Brady Christensen, who, as I said earlier, and was set on Panthers Confidential, third-round grade as a tackle, second-round grade as a guard, offers a positional flexibility, can play all four, four positions outside of um, the center position, which, who knows, maybe they'll try and see if he can snap the ball. Uh, also, we have Dennis Daly, who played left tackle at the University of South Carolina, Greg Little, who was hopefully going to be the left tackle of the future of the Carolina Panthers. That has not panned out so far. Um, and Trent Scott, who I guess, in a way, is the incumbent starter at left tackle. I just have a hard time seeing... Uh, that happening. And also the, the Washington football team and Ron Rivera moving off Morgan Moses. They also had just recently brought in Charles Leno. So if they felt strong about Morgan Moses, who's an aging player, I don't think that they would let him go. And the Panthers have also said they are looking to get younger on the offensive line and on offense in, in total. So I don't see that as being really an option. And especially when you consider the other five options that they have at left tackle. Yeah, certainly they should look at it. I just don't see that happening. Alex asked me, any of these guys who offers a list you'd like to see on the squad? We'll start off with Richard Sherman. Corner, he does have the ties to Scott Fitter in Seattle. I just think at this time his career, Richard Sherman, after being in Seattle, then going back home, playing for the 49ers, and playing in a Super Bowl, I don't think that, and obviously he's won one, he's won, well, he's been to three Super Bowls, won one of them Seattle. He had the, the most priceless uh, expression you've ever seen from a player in a Super Bowl when Russell Wilson threw that interception to Malcolm um, to Malcolm Butler. Uh, that was something that I'll never get over. I just don't see Richard Sherman as being an option at this point in time, considering J.C. Horn, A.J. Boye, Dante Jackson, Rashawn Melvin, drafting Keith Taylor, and he's also kind of lost a step. And I don't know if he necessarily plays at this at his age the kind of scheme, the kind of press corner that. Carolina wants. He's probably more of a zone corner at this point in time in his career, so I don't think that's really an option here in Carolina. And I think he also would rather go to a team that's going to be contending for a Super Bowl this year, which I don't think Carolina is going to do. Melvin Ingram would be interesting, but still, it's one of those things where I just think they're past all those kind of guys. If they wanted Sheldon Richardson, who's also available, then they probably wouldn't have brought in guys like a Daquan Jones. So there's that. Also, Mitchell Schwartz, he's a good tackle. His brother Jeff. Lives here in Charlotte, played for the Panthers. Uh, we'll see. I mean, that would be a good one, but I don't. he's a right tackle. Panthers already have a right tackle. There's Steven Nelson, Geno Atkins, of course, Russell Okung. No thanks. Justin Houston. Like, these are all a lot of – these are aging players. Golden Tate, Brian Poole, Malik Hooker, Jarrell Casey. He's an aging player as well. KJ Wright, the linebacker from Seattle, is someone I have said that – and I said it last week, someone I think the Panthers – and Scott Fitter should certainly look at potentially bringing in. I think he can add something to this linebacker core, even though I think they do like Denzel Perryman for the low cost that they got him for the next two years here in Carolina. So really none of those names I would expect to be here in Carolina. And I don't really, other than KJ, right? I don't think I would really like to see any of them on the roster. Like Sherman would be just kind of fun just because of like talking about him. But, you know. And then Mitchell Schwartz can never have too many good tackles i mean really you could have more than one good tackle would be nice for the carolina panthers all right carden gnome asked he uh, says what's this uh fitterer said he's going to be involved in all trades do you think he inquired about julio if so what do you think he would offer another question do you believe we actually shop robbie anderson during the draft yeah i mean i don't know if i really believe it 
I, I, I think it's a possibility. In watching Panthers Confidential, he did say, like, we need, we're going to have to get a receiver. So, I don't know if they're trying to draft a receiver while also getting rid of a wide receiver. That wouldn't really make a ton of sense. I don't really know how it benefits Carolina Panthers this season to get rid of Robbie Anderson. I did say um, the other day when talking about that, that if there was a, ten, a team out there that's a contender and they are desperate and they need a wide receiver, the Panthers should absolutely listen. Now, way that com- compensatory pick rules are with the NFL, they're going to get a comp pick for Robbie Anderson if he leaves. So, no issue there at all, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. They, pr- I'm sure someone called, and I don't know if they're necessarily shopping them. I think someone probably called, and the Panthers were willing to listen, and they just didn't get the offer that they would like. I think it's probably more than, of that than the Panthers actively trying to get rid of Robbie Anderson because that really doesn't really uh, make a ton of sense to me. Now, in terms of Julio, like the Falcons aren't going to trade Julio Jones to the Carolina Panthers. Might Scott Fitter have called? Sure. Was it a long conversation? I doubt it. You're not going to give up a perennial all-pro and Pro Bowl wide receiver to a division rival via a trade. It's just, how often does that happen? We see guys who end up being free agents to go into division rivals, but trading to division rival? Who is it? Like the Browns and Bengals have never conducted a trade in their entire history. I just, I do not see this happening where the, that, I mean, maybe inquire, but I just don't see why um, Terry Fontenot, the GM there in Atlanta, would even listen to uh, Scott Fitter and the Panthers. I don't know what offer. Maybe they got offered multiple firsts. Of course, they'd be like, yeah, we'll take it. And the talk is that they, the Falcons might even get a first rounder for Julio Jones at this point in time. So we'll see how that thing plays out. I think it's going to work out for the Panthers either way because Julio Jones getting out of the division only makes the Panthers stronger, at least not having to worry about going up against Julio, Calvin Ridley, and potentially Kyle Pitts as well. They only have to worry about Ridley and Pitts and Russell Gage and, I guess, Mike Davis too. But they're going to have less headache, I feel like, playing the Falcons twice this year with Julio Jones gone. Again, appreciate y'all's questions. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council and ask me questions every week for the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers throughout the offseason. This concludes another episode and another week of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, please, because I'm going to let you know three episodes per week coming up. So I hope I've drilled that in your head. Subscribe so you don't miss anything out there. Follow me on Twitter. So if I tweet out, hey, this is a podcast is out, so you know a podcast comes out. But the best thing to do is just to subscribe to the show so you know when every episode comes out. Have a safe and fun and enjoyable Memorial Day weekend. Listen to the shows if you're on a road trip. Love y'all. Appreciate the support. I will talk to you in June. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.